0: This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. and culture, for grace and truth. I'm McKeminy, and I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, see. How you doing, girl? Girl, I'm doing. <laughs> I'm doing okay. You know,
1: I had, I had to take a trip, so people are probably like, "Where is she?" You know, I'm I'm in my parents' basement, which is that's it, which is the blackest basement. Um, you know, MLK is right over there looking at me, and Dago Dago <laughs> <there> Malcolm, <laughs> Miles Davis is behind you. Miles Davis you know, that's 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 you know, that's still Scott Heron up there. So um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Miles Davis is over in the corner. So this this is this is my moment. This you, is my got, you got
0: the psychedelic, you got the psychedelic uh, 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 fireplace going. Come on,
1: yes, black hippies for sure. And and I got to see my grandmother. You know, she'll be ninety five yes. next month, so I wanted to make sure I laid eyes on her. So I am I'm doing really good. I love to go home and visit my people in Baltimore. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this uh, episode to be at the table with you. You see, I got a, um some orange lipstick. I'm Look like, at you. Know, you know, orange is my color now. I'm serious about Orange now. Yeah. I was like, why don't I go with the Orange? Why not? Because mm. you're grown. Why not? I'm grown. I'm grown. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm really, really good. Glad to be at the table with my sisters. And just in case y'all n- don't know, Michelle's not at the table. Yeah. So that means we got a Black Girl Magic episode. Cue That's the charms. <laughs> <And> <laughs> We have. Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker at the table with us. Yes, 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 I went with the middle. Yes, I went with the middle. (laughs) Welcome to the table. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. We are so glad to have you at the table with us, Dr. Parker. How you be? I'm glad to
2: be here. Listen, I'm good. I'm surviving the pandemic, you know, I'm... Listen, I don't have to wait now and wonder every time you go somewhere, you put like a time clock, like 14 days to see if you're going to die. Because that's feeling. I was feeling. You know, like I would go to the grocery store and I'd be like, okay, so if I'm here on the 7th, on the 21st, I'm clear. You know, <laughs> like I got tired of living like that. So I got a little vaccination come in me on, and, on, you know, I'm still being super, super protective, but yes. I'm feeling good.
0: good. Good, good. Now let us know, are you a, um, are you a Johnson John, a uh, Pfizer princess or a Moderna mama? Let us know. Pfizer princess, come Ooh,
1: on, come on, Pfizer princesses, come
0: on, Pfizer, Pfizer <laughs> princess table, come through, <laughs> come through. Well, look, just in case y'all don't know who Dr. Reverend Brianna K. Parker is, I won't say your full name every time. I just had to do that for fact, for fact. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. okay. but I'm, I might throw it out there again. Um, <laughs> just in case they don't know who you are, why don't I let them know a little something about you?
2: Bert? Like the shortest version of this bio ever, right? <laughs> sh- like, yeah, and no. You born got, in Texas, like, lives in Texas. Look, did a couple things in between,
0: and you gotta do your your fingers like this underneath your chin. Okay, so-
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, like, like I'm ready. Like the to preacher,
1: preach. <laughs> yes, that's
0: it. The, the guest preacher that's gonna tear it the up. The preacher, <laughs> yeah, you, are, you know, you
2: got you got to nod a little bit. Like
0: that's it, that's it. You know, you you mean. true to this. Okay, this is what you do, child. <laughs> so, <true>. like, <laughs> <laughs> so look, birth out of our C- CEO Reverend Doctor Brianna K. Parker's doctoral research. Black Millennial Cafe, also Mm -hmm. known as BMC, started as an online source for tips in 2016 on Black millennials and faith. With an overwhelming response to and need for some more data, Black Millennial Cafe soon became not only a place to gather statistical information and examine that data, but we soon extended our services to help various organizations and churches alike move from simply analyzing critical data to structuring a plan that could change our communities. Since becoming a legitimate legitimate LLC in 2017, Black Millennial Cafe has had the privilege of working with over 65 churches in the continental U.S. to provide unparalleled research to their leaders and congregations housed under the Black Millennial Collective. Today, BMC strives to continue to make the statistical data available to as many entities as possible while also offering a suite of services that include polling, consulting, webinars, discipleship, and Bible study curriculum, and other literature to assist organizations. Welcome, to the table, Dr. Parker. Woo! Thank our numbers ahead. our Thank dad sister, Dada. Yes, Dada. She is sister. Dr. Dad. Yes, She is. They used
2: to
1: call me the Diva what? of Dad.
2: No, right? no, who they used to call me that. Diva of Dad. It may have been, I don't remember who started calling me that.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, let me give me a
2: crown and stuff. Those are the then, you know,
1: receipts. Yes, yes. Listen,
2: but then this is what happened. Then you know you get busy and you're like, I don't have time to be finding no crown. And like <laughs> but I did say I was gonna get me a crown. I was like, well, let me give
0: me a crown. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> send a crown. <laughs> this what you got, <laughs> that's why you got assistance. You got assistance for that. So <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Well, Dr. Parker, we are just so honored to have you at the table. I got so many questions for you. Uh, But the first we want to find out is, talk to us about how you came to faith. How did you come to know Jesus and love Jesus? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Southern girl. You know, I don't have a really special story. My mother was from Mississippi. Mm. My daddy's from Louisiana. You know, Mm -hmm. um, you don't inherit faith, but in the South, you almost do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that, you know, it's it's waiting on you. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you're not waiting on it. Like, you have everything around you. Um, to accept Christ, to love God, to understand God, to right. have a relationship with God, and it's just about when you walk into it in a family like mine. So you know, I have a family um, of women preachers. Mm-hmm. Actually, my great grandmother left the Kojic Church because she couldn't pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my cousin who is who's woman, and so I have tons of preachers in my family. But it wasn't like a you know you don't have a choice. It was like it's all here for you, so you just wait. And so I think. I was super young when I knew I wanted to accept Christ and you know, they make you wait until they think, you know, better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one day um, I was, um, I really wanted a piece of bubble gum and my dad was a truck driver at the time, long distance. And my mom was there and there were three kids at home. And so she was refusing to leave and give me some bubble gum. And she was like, the only way you're going to get bubble gum today is if God gave it to you. So I went and I prayed. I was like, dear God, it's me, <laughs> Brianna. You know, I thought I had to introduce myself and I'm praying a prayer for bubble gum and I get a ring at the doorbell and it's my aunt who lives 30 minutes away with the one pound bag of bubble gum. So while that may not be the Come moment in. that they let Come me in. accept Christ, that's definitely the moment at four years old when I knew God existed. And like people are like, I don't know if that's it. And I'm like, no, no, no. God meets you where you are. I'm four. I need a gum. You know what I mean? Like, if it would have been mortgage, that wouldn't have mattered to me at four. You know what I mean? Even healing wouldn't have mattered to me at four. But a God who could bring me bubblegum and that kind of, you know, supply in one pound bag, I knew God was real from there. And the rest was just me waiting, I think, until I was eight for them to let me, like, really, you know, like be baptized and all that other stuff. But I knew God was real at four for sure.
1: Ooh, you're preaching already. Where's the the, woman at? The beauty (laughs) of childlike. The beauty of childlike. I really believe that my, the faith that God had given me felt so much stronger when I was probably at four or five, six, seven or eight. I mean, I was like, he's coming back tomorrow. (laughs) Y'all
0: be ready. Be ready.
2: My mom talks about that, like um, crying about someone dying. And I was Mm -hmm. like, "Mom, why are you crying? They're not, you gonna see him again. They're just with God. Like you don't have to cry when you know, Mm -hmm. you know, there's another Mm -hmm. um, time you get. So yeah, that childlike faith. And, And as a matter of fact, Christina, you know, when I go back um and I get in this like funk, I literally go back to the things I knew about God when I was a child. Yeah. That's how I get myself out of out of adult yes. situations. Yes. To go back to childlike faith and remember how much I believed and how easy Amen. it was before I let the rest of the world um get in my head. Cause God is the same God to Brianna Amen. that he was that he Amen. is at <clears throat> however old I am. That he was <laughs> when I was four, you know? And sometimes yes. I just need the four year old God
1: to step in. That that well, that's a whole word. Uh, And one of the things that you you just said that jumped out at me. You talked about really, you know, just God's providence, the conditions. You had all these conditions around you that, when um, that with by the prompting of the Spirit, when you were ready to walk into kind of full acknowledgement of the faith, they were there. You know, being 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 a Southern girl, uh, being surrounded by these God fearing, preaching women. um, All of those conditions and and your work, I know. Uh, helps many churches think about how to reach people who don't have those conditions or how those conditions have changed, particularly for that, for the black, for black folks. Um, And what, you know, the idea that everybody had a praying grandmother is just not true now. Like everybody ain't have a a praying grandmother Some of us is right. praying for our grandmothers. And, Hello. Please Hello. spoke this. So talk, talk a little bit about, you know, coming out of that background that you have, mm-hmm. how that informs the work that you do serving churches now. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I do data is because I could not
2: rely on my own understanding and experiences and circumstances. I'm a church girl for the church girls. Um, but none of my work is for church girls. You know what I mean. My church is for ch- my work is for church girls who are in leadership. You know what I mean. Right. Um, and tr- trying to share their faith. Um, and really, the reason I did I doing data today is because when I was doing my doctoral work, um, they were very clear. Like, uh, you're not the norm, and I was like, I'm not the norm. I cannot write curriculum based on what I understand, what I believe, and the only way I get to know the flip side of life is with uh, research. So that's Mm. why it's qualitative and quantitative Mm -hmm. because I I did not know enough about the other side to just look at numbers. Mm. And so I had to have some conversations and I needed to know people differently and I needed to be able to sit with them and I needed to be able to journey with them so I could actually tell a story that was completely different than my own, um, to tell the story and then to kind of remedy the issue.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I just um, I, I first of all, anybody that does data, I'm always like, Ooh, I just, so much respect. Cause I'm like, ooh, numbers. Well, I but here's me. the
2: thing though. Yes, please. Talk to, yes. I'm like, <laughs> I like need to go back. First of all, I want to stun on my math teacher sometimes. Like, and eh, look at me, look at me. look yes. You know, not at Yes, talk about that. Get into that narrative, please. I was not great at math. Um, my mother would pray with me so much when it came to math. Then I got to college and I like beasted it. And it was only because Um, I think I had the time and space and, Mm. um, confidence, you know, Mm. to like try again. Like these people didn't know me to not be good at math. These people didn't know me to struggle, um, in math. And so I just gave it the attention that it needed. And then I took statistics and I really felt very confident because I was actually doing doing political science. So it wasn't like I was trying to do this work. And that was Mm. the end of math for me, statistics. And I got to leave that on a high note, really feeling good. Then I did this work. I really just studied under um, one of my best friends in this world, Adria Tolliver, who is an experimental Mm -hmm. psychologist. So when I wanted to Mm -hmm. do the work, she committed to supervising this work. And of course, I took some classes, but I really was no one's researcher. I just wanted to make sure I got it right. And so she would supervise all the work I did. And so when it was time to start it, I did know how um, to design. I did know how to analyze, but I was really slow. I'm really good um, at speaking to design. I was slow when it came to analysis and running regressions and all that, uh-huh. you know, numbers uh-huh. kind of stuff. And so I realized if we were going to move at the right pace. I needed to hire. And so that's what I do. I have analysts who work for me, who work for me. We have two analysts right now and three designers. And so that's how we do the work we do. And I speak into design and I speak into analysis and translation. Um, But, you know, looking for somebody to do data data journalism. But I actually get to oversee a lot of the work more than do it. But when I was doing the work, she would make me sit with her eight hours a day and analyze data. That's it. And I was like, oh, I thought you was going to do this. Like, how much do I need to pay you? And she was like, you're going to learn it. And the only reason I have BMC today is because she made me learn it for the project. Mm. If she hadn't yes. made me sit down with her and figure it out and understand it, I would have stopped at that project. But I knew too much about it then. And I knew the value of it at that point. And I had to go beyond just this one project.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: And no one ever asked me that. No one ever asked me that question. I never really? get to tell people that. I, yeah, never. I never get to tell people. I do very little analysis to this day at this point. But wow. all of my, all of my researchers are black, and eighty percent um, are millennial.
0: Yeah, eighty mm. percent millennial. You living yeah. up to the name of your business, black? Indeed. Listen, I'm <laughs> doing my best. You know,
2: we got Z now. We have Z now. So my oh, admin, Z's my
0: coming. Manager. Z's coming. Yeah. Oh, he is. Zee Zee is different. He's coming is for different. us.
2: They're coming like a freight train. I'm like, all okay?
0: right, children. All
1: right, um, children. Yeah. Yes. Seriously, seriously.
2: You know what, Dr. Parker? Margaret- because you know, my babies oh, are man. one is a millennial and Oof. one is Z. So, you know, I don't know from day to day who I like most. Who I like most. <laughs> you know, I'm a different kind of millennial than my baby. You know, because he's on the you know other end of the spectrum yeah but that's z so but you know z keeps you on your toes so you know we try to make sure we're incorporating it all but yeah so that's how i that's how i do that kind of work
0: yeah now you know from your own as one who's overseeing the data now and you know still reviewing and you know maybe in the the data trenches but i'm curious about what are some trends that you're seeing that um that what are some good trends and maybe some trends that might be concerning you that you're seeing from the data that you're you're collecting from black churches in particular because we know you still believe in the black church and so do we yes, do. here at Truth Table and so I'm curious about what are some of the data points or some some trends that you're seeing that you're like I'm happy about this trajectory and then you're like I'm a little concerned yes. about this re- <laughs> regression uh can you speak yes. to
2: that it may be the same data point, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um if you see behind me there's a screen. That's where I do like Oh yes. If I have to look at numbers a lot, I I look at it from a TV because mm-hmm. I'm just getting too old to be looking at numbers on a laptop, you know? <laughs> um and so when I'm looking at numbers all day, I'm the lead researcher for Barna State of the Black Church study. And so um right now, um yeah, right now we're looking at one of the trends is um what really draws people to like church and ministry, which mm-hmm. is important right now because yes. many people need to figure out what's going to bring people back into the church on a regular basis. You know, they're going to come back initially because we'll go to a letter licking, you know what I mean, party right now just to be around people. If we could be safe. <laughs> so, right. you know, at first they're going to come back and then, you know, they'll remember what it feels like to be online and have the convenience and not have to pay the dry cleaners bill and I had to pay for gas and I had to, you know, not have to rally the kids together, you know, like all those things. Um, but what we're noticing is that experience is like going to dominate, uh, churches that can give an experience will dominate these, um, you know, as far as being in the four walls, mm-hmm. and that is something that is enlightening, right So when I'm sitting with my clients, we're trying to figure out you know we do programming contracts for a lot of churches, and a lot of it is making sure we have an experience and so experience is everything from the parking lot literally we were just talking we were just talking about this on our webinar the smell um mm. the cleaning practices um the relational experiences um you know, everything is experience, the experience with God. And people yes. say things like, well, how do you you know, know if people give you an experience with God? And I'm like, I don't say it's real, but when the person feels like it's real, when they feel like they're getting something there that they can't get anywhere else, you know, that trumps somebody who's given them, you know, just traditional, and traditional could even look contemporary, you know, but somebody yes. who's just given them this play-by-play kind of experience. And so um, right now that means, Pentecostals are primed to sweep Christianity because of this experience note. Um, And so uh, it is what um, a trend that I'm seeing that encourages us. It also concerns me um, because Mm. a lot of times people who are attempting to uh, give an experience based on engagement or for the sake of engagement can also become people who are creating gimmicks. Who also become people sometimes who are creating cults, and so on, the same data that encourages mm. me
1: concerns me.
0: Mm. Wow! Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Because you can create conditions and not necessarily have um ha- have the what what undergirds that be substantive yeah. or truly yeah. life giving, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, and you, can, and you actually can actually do it without being a believer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. I was I was thinking about um, I was actually looking at some Barna research just just yesterday, actually, (laughs) and um, looking uh, specifically at um, African-Americans leaving the church um, millennial age range and um, this concern about the church not being about anything as it relates to uh, issues of social injustice. And disenfranchisement, the silence of the church, and I and I and that made me start to think about just um just my different experiences within um just diff- different Black church traditions, denominations, um and the way in which the pulpit is used and not used. I mean, there there are plenty of Black churches where um a space is called cultivated as a refuge to not deal with injustice. So we not we're not talking about white supremacy because we don't talk about anything white up in here. <laughs> and, and white supremacy has the word white in it. So we don't talk about that in here. And then there are other there are other pulpits, right? There are other churches where it's it's almost like an equipping place to prepare you uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to, to be on the battlefield, so uh, so to speak, for issues of, of justice. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was I was wondering your thoughts about that as you think about what particularly, you know, younger African-American folks are, are looking for around that.
2: Yeah. So is about to deb- debunk their own um, study almost, mm-hmm. um, because the work I've done with them is actually going to show you that this, uh, the younger generation are actually pleased with what they've seen lately as far as Great. justice, you know, so um, my merch says, I still believe in the black church and the book I'm writing based on the data is the same title. I still believe in the black church because the data is pretty encouraging. And so I do know there were studies that said, you know, you know, what, what isn't going on is uncomfortable for black millennials and black Z. I actually think um, that the I, We talk about identity, right? And identifying with the faith. I think the last four plus years have made it difficult for Black millennials to want to identify as Christian because we've been able to see such foolishness out here as Christianity, especially when it comes to um, Mm. politics and campaigning. Um, And so that will show you one kind of statistic. But another one is that they're pretty um, encouraged by what's happened as far as justice. Now, don't forget, Yes, we did this study at the like we went deep into it right at the beginning of the pandemic. And a lot of people got to respond in the midst of the George Floyd, yes. you know, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So or, you know, Ahmaud Arbery, you know, all those things were happening. And so you get to see that they're actually pretty pleased with how we've handled it today. Now, okay, I can't good. give it away because it's unpublished. There's another generation that is extremely um, unhappy with the church's role in justice. And so okay. I'm excited uh, for us to be able to share, you know, that generation and how people have kind of missed where they are in all of
1: this.
0: Mm. Mm. Does that, gener- well, I'm a- go ahead, go ahead see. go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, 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 well, I, I know what you're about to ask her too. She's like, I can't give it away. Uh,
0: but <laughs> does that generation rhyme with C or Glee? <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Do you play so much, you know I do. I do. I do. I do. Rhymes
2: with no. You're so hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna tell you what we 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 so need you. We need the gifts that you have and the skills that you have. So it's been my pleasure chatting with you. We're gonna take a short break uh, to hear from some, some one of our Truth Table sponsors, and then we will continue this conversation of learning uh, with with Reverend Doctor Bree.
0: Coming Race Wars: A Cry for Justice from Civil Rights to Black Lives Matter, the expanded edition by William Pennell, introduction by Jamar Tisby. In 1993, fuller seminary theologian William Pennell called the evangelical church to account on issues of racial justice with his book The Coming Race Wars. Now, nearly 30 years later, his words are as timely as ever. Both pastoral and prophetic, this expanded edition, which includes a new introduction by Jamar Tisby, is a heartfelt plea to the church to take a deeper look at the complexities of institutional racism and the unjust systems that continue to confound us. Author William Pinnell is Professor Emeritus of Preaching at Fuller Seminary, where he taught for more than 40 years. When you read this new edition, you'll be inspired to open your eyes wider and become active participants in addressing America's racial injustices. Now our Truth Table listeners can save 30% on the expanded edition of the coming race wars when they order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH21. Offer expires September 30th. So Truth Table listeners, y'all can save 30% off on the expanded edition of the coming race wars when you order at ivypress.com using promo code TRUTH21. This offer expires September 30th. Make sure you take advantage of it. What's one good thing about Facebook? What? Cuz you know, I don't fool with Facebook like that.
1: <laughs> well, you know what you can find on Facebook? You can find Truth Table Black Women's Discipleship Group.
0: Oh, that's right. That is one good thing about <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, sisters, we have started the Truth Table Black Women's Facebook Discipleship Group. So all you got to do is go to facebook.com/truthtable like our page. Yes, yes, yes. Go to our group and join. You got to answer three questions. Come one on. of them, one of them questions is, are you a black woman? Come, Come on, now. y'all. Decency in order. We made it Decent very easy Decency in order for you. now. Decency in order. Answer <laughs> those three questions and then agree to the rules. That's all. And then you'll get admitted into the discipleship group. And we are going to have a good time in that group, growing in the Lord and getting to know each other. So join us today, facebook.com slash Truth table. And we are back at the table with our black girl magic guest, Reverend Dr. Huh. Brianna K. Parker. You know what? Because I just feel like <laughs> saying it whole name. So y'all will deal. I see. You will deal. I see. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Okay. So I um, my goodness, that was that was very insightful learning about this mysterious generation that we don't know about yet. <laughs> but we will learn when you release the data. Yes, yes. Um, yes. I'm curious. Uh, as you were speaking about the black church, um, and I you saw that you I saw that you were in uh uh, uh Dr. Uh, Henry Louis Gates documentary about the Black Damn. Church. Go, hey girl! Because um, listen, I was
2: so honored.
0: You're so famous. They had me
2: between like yes. Biggie and Tupac and Kirk Franklin for just a quick second. <laughs> but I was like, "That's my
0: life. Hey, that's it. That's it. Right? Exactly. Exactly." No, I, I I thought it was great. I was so glad to, to see you. I was like, "Oh, she's famous. Go, go, go!" I like, oh. People not know need to be famous and stuff and doing things. <laughs> But you know, when I was watching that documentary and just you, you, us here talking about the Black church, I'm, um, one aspect I think of the Black church or I, that I think might be shifting. And I'm curious to get your own insight on this is, um, the Black immigrant church, right? So the African church, um, the Caribbean church. I'm wondering about. Um, do the, do those segments of the black church factor in? Are they considered part of the black church? What is that? What say you, Dr. Diva Data, Dr. Dada Diva at the table? I'm curious because when I was watching that, uh, Listen. the documentary, that was one aspect. I was like, huh, how do we factor in? Cause there, there's significant, you know, uh, sure. representation now in America. What say yeah. you? Dr.
2: I think, I think they didn't factor into the documentary in the ways we would have wanted to see them because they were doing the history, yes, of them, which is even yes. why people were like, I want to see you more. And I was like, well, I do current trends. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. honored. Um, but I am really glad you say that. Cause I'm very happy to tell you, we did include the immigrant population in the oh. state of black church study. Oh, oh wow. We Wonderful. Did. Now there'll be some um, places depending on the leadership, right? because there are some churches that are um heavily immigrant black immigrant um congregations right but if the leadership is white they don't they're not included in the study now sure. they can okay. respond as congregants but they they're not included as a black church does that make sense And we do parse it out for certain um, responses or certain, you know, data we're trying to understand. But we definitely included them and we definitely made sure we gave the opportunity to hear from black immigrant churches and black immigrant Mm -hmm. congregants. Because, I mean, and and here's the tricky thing, depending on where you live, you could easily not even realize it existed Mm -hmm. or not feel like there's enough data to, you know, even include it. Or honestly, and I hate to say it, not even feel like it's valuable. You know what I mean? Because yeah. in Texas, we don't see it, right? And then every time I'm on the East Coast. People come up and shake my hand after I preach, and they're like, Oh, I want that day. And I'm like, What is is happening right now? Like, you just look at them, and they look like they probably have a southern dialect. We are one,
0: (laughs) baby girl. Okay.
2: (laughs) But I love it. And then sometimes, you know, you hear like a French accent, and it's just so beautiful. But, you know, in the South, you can totally miss that. And if I hadn't traveled enough preaching, I may not have thought it should actually go in the data. And that's the part people forget about me. Um, that it's so important that I spend my time around other people and that I'm always outside of my own comfort zone or yes. not even comfort zone outside of my own you know circumstances and context, so that I can always understand that there's a need for more. Yes. And before the pandemic, I was going to Dubai to do a study on black expats. But oh, because, yeah. you know, the pandemic, I couldn't do it. But yeah, so I, I really I'm really happy you asked that because we did.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm you know? so glad. And, I,
0: so, and do you need a research you know, assistant for your trip to Dubai? I'm, I mean, I'm, a- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm ready to
2: <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'll be I'm your the honor bear. Of
0: the variant. Like, I'll be your <laughs> honor bear, <laughs> child.
2: <laughs> listen, listen, I thought I was going to be able to revive it before fall. Mm-hmm. um you know like because i know mm-hmm. it's gonna they say it'll get bad again in the fall i thought yes. i would revive it but now all the other countries have these new variants no and you bad. know so that i don't help the spread i'm not even gonna go
0: no that's why but
2: i intended to go yeah, i know happen. but i had to keep you posted for when we do keep because i almost said i was going to live it? in south africa because i was tired of america and americans with all the unrest right
0: but that's another subject that is, we, you know, we believe we should always be ready to, to oh, depart. Listen, <laughs> listen <laughs> I believe in it. Like, sure.
2: seriously, I was just like, we I'm over that. it. I'm done with it. You know, like, I, I just can't do this anymore. It's a lot. It's I'm a lot. still here today. Yeah.
1: Let's
0: just. Let's just... <laughs> I know. I know. We're, still this day. We're
1: still here. That's for sure. Okay. That's for today. Me. Well, you know, I, so I was. I was thinking about um, just now when you were were talking about the that's there's the study that you're referring to. It did ask questions, right? Of first gen or second gen Im- immigrant African churches, right? Which is fascinating for when we finally get to hear uh, what what you hear from that population. But I was as you were talking, I was thinking. I wonder how you all conceptualize. Black church. So the research that I do looks at the multi ethnic, multicultural. Well, yeah, you know, I've
2: church. been looking at that a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm curious from from you know, and I, so I have a sense of kind of the algorithm over there, how they make sense, how we make yeah. sense of that. But I was curious about how, from the from a data standpoint, you yes. define the black church. Obviously, from an emotional and philosophical standpoint, we could have go on and on. But from a research yeah. standpoint, how are you are d- d- defining or describing mm-hmm. what is the black church? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I spent a lot of time with your study, actually, Christina, um, mm-hmm. to, you know, like, you know, allow it to speak to what was happening in the black church, mm-hmm. to allow mm-hmm. it to speak to those who are outside the black church. Um, I just needed to know I wasn't crazy, too, and to know it wasn't the healthiest situation. <laughs> and I oh, no, know no, I wasn't no. crazy. You ain't. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and so... Uh, but so there there are a couple things we use we we did start with historically black denominations right and sometimes mm-hmm. when we parse the data we will use historically black denominations alone right. um we also looked at churches that were led by black people and I mean led so like oh gosh I'm about to has some drama again like so uh, but this is the way it comes back to my mind quickly uh-huh. Uh-huh. oh well Save your letters, y'all. Save your uh-huh. Listen, please do <laughs> um so hillsong atlanta would not be a black church just because sam collier is the pastor right mm-hmm. because above him is brian houston who is a white man okay you, you get it? Yes, that makes sense. Um, so so any type of franchise, and I know they don't like that, or brand that was white or, you know, denomination or right. subset of, you know, that had a white leader that a black person had to report to. Okay. They're not a black church. Um, mm-hmm. We did not, I think we may have ended up putting a percentage. Um, I can't remember what it was on how many black people. But I mean, if you think about it, black, pa- black pastor-led churches are not multicultural. I mean, white pastor led church are not multicultural, but that's what I'm not going to even go into that study because we know this. And I do intend to brrr, shots fired um, as soon as it comes
1: out. Um, but, um, you know, so. Although, although, not, although my concern is that the white people who have any kind of conscience are going to try trying to run to the black church, actually. Um, um, and I think we. Need to, yeah, th- I think that dynamic yeah. is going to be clear which which one has the capacity to. Mm. Um, maintain f- particular uh, theological convictions and mm-hmm. speak to issues of injustment and disenfranchisement right now. And I do think we're going to yes. see a, l- a little bit, a little bit of, of a yeah. move. That'll be fascinating.
2: Mm. I agree. And there, we're going to see a lot of bit of pistivity <laughs> uh, <laughs> for people who are going to to look at uh, look at the study. Mm. Um, And it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, so, so we weren't looking at that. Now, we did get a lot of pushback um, black
1: pastors mm.
2: who left Black denominations or Black churches to start a church. They really want to be mm. considered a Black church. But many, I don't know what it is, many Black church starts, I don't say church plants, because we really don't have, that's another thing. Uh-huh. If a church is planted by a denomination that's not historically Black, what do you call it?
0: Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the leadership
2: is still, mm-hmm. the money is still, like those things right. we had to like, it took... It took, a, it took a while. And then yeah. that's I when we the realized. The money. the money. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It mm-hmm. is. So then we had to expose mm-hmm. the fact that there is no such thing as a black church plant. Because there's mm-hmm. no planting organization. And oh, because there's no, you mean there's no church. black
0: um planting organization. Is that what you mean?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay.
0: Okay. Yep. And oh.
2: sometimes churches will mm-hmm. do it. But usually in the black church, we don't really get to see um this whole thing about like, starting a church like in that's a positive true. way you leave when you pissed you know what i'm saying <laughs> or you you leave you know like, a couple of years after you pissed so like, they don't know you leaving because yeah. you pissed yeah but but people don't support yeah. it the same and so we had a lot of um church starts so that's what i call them church starts we had a lot of church starts who were like i want i am a black church and i'm mm-hmm. like but you said you intentionally want to be multicultural so mm. you're not a black church. Like your goal is mm. to be a multicultural church. Okay. So you need to stay yeah. in that multicultural lane. But mm-hmm. I don't think many black churches, now nah, they're going to be mad at me again. I don't really <laughs> think many black <laughs>
1: churches, you
2: know, I don't <laughs> think they really want to be multicultural churches. I think they think that's their best, that's their best strategy for growth.
0: Right. For and sure. it still don't work. Yeah. Like, it's not even working. So, you have to secure the but, funding, too. Yeah. By late yeah. tagging it that yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, there are a lot of white um, church plant organizations who are willing to seed multicultural churches. And um, so, you have all that um, that mm-hmm. goes into it. And we looked at how long they'd been in existence. Who started the church mattered? Mm-hmm. Black person had to start mm-hmm. the church mm-hmm. in order for it to be considered a black church. I mean, listen. They ran me low, yeah. okay, and then people want to argue about it, you know. And I'm like, it is what it is. But then, you know, you want to hear what they have to say. But I'm like, <laughs> I did want to say, knock it off. It is what
1: a T I E. Yeah. But well, you know, you know, I, that's the I fun think part. part of it could be this is this is the psychologist. Yeah. yeah, the psychologist in me is saying that some of the reason why they can't re- they can't um, reconcile with the sociology that you're talking about is because. They, they may strongly be black identified. They they may have yes. a particular love and, and connection. They might feel like that's being challenged or being doubted or critiqued. Yeah. And so oh, this yeah. idea of saying, like, this is who I am. But but you can be a 100 percent bona fide black person <laughs> and be connected to a yeah. different type of tradition. Go and be black wherever you are. Okay. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, you may even be yeah. feeling a a sense of your identity in a space where you are so yeah. much the opposite in that context. But I could totally mm-hmm. I can totally imagine kind of that wrestling and that pushback. But the points that you raise about mm-hmm. how are you funded? Who's over you? Um, are you connected to the historic black traditions? And that's a question I'm always asking. The biggest one to me is, you know, what is your connection to the historic black traditions of this country. Um, And to the extent that people are disconnected or disentangled from it, then I think that speaks to where they are within the landscape of the historic black church. Obviously there's something new. And then that other point that you just raised, I think, hopefully we got some listeners who I don't know, got a big inheritance, but this idea that there are not many black planting, there aren't any black planting organizations. That's to me, if somebody somebody who's been a part of multiple church plants, that is, um, and we know we get the majority of our new converts through uh church planning opportunities that is such that's such a myth and that is such a need but for that to be black dollars funding those initiatives yeah that yeah. in mine yeah. so important
2: that's one thing i want to come out of this okay you know um i've talked to demetrius davis y'all know demetrius probably yes, um, yes, and, yeah yes. so we've talked about providing resources city for point black, church black uh, church yep city point um, yep um, so we're talking mm-hmm. about what it means to help provide resources for black church start so they can kind of, I mean, there's also no resource, like not even like, a a, a guide yeah. to help you to know what to do. So, um, we're probably yeah. going to partner together and try to create some kind of resource, but you know, that's what good research do, does. Good research shows you the holes, you know, and helps you, Yes. um, create yeah. solutions or, you know, rally for others to create solutions. And so, you know, we had a number of like aha moments in this. And, um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been great. You know, it's, it's, it's so really been important. great. It's yeah. So, and, and, I just. When well, I was going to say, Brie, it does, it does admit, you know, it, it feels good when you, you know, intuitively, you, you know, these things, there's no doubt that you looked at some of the findings and were like, we've been knowing, but, right. yeah, but, 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 we're not omniscient. I mean, we might be black and have like this really right. strong radar, like, we know something crazy out here. But we're not omniscient. And so, you know, intellectual academic humility says, I, I can't just go by just my gut because my gut is also biased. Yeah. Uh-huh. I need yeah. to also really take the time to to look at the information and I need to approach it in love and not fear so that I'm you know uh-huh. tempted to distort what I'm seeing. And yeah. that, that's what I really, really appreciate about your work is the humility and the love that guides it. So it's not like fear. It's not fear driven of like, okay, what do yeah. I need to suppress or what do I need to, to have okay. right <laughs> now? Yeah. It is what it is, and and God's got enough grace and power to Amen. work with the conditions that we got right now.
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I appreciate um, that uh, Dr. Parker. Yeah, I mean, I just ditto. You know, to what um, Christina said. Like the, with with you, we get um, what you see is what you get. Um, and mm-hmm. you're somebody that's, you know, just somebody I've always like really admired for your your work, your tenacity, your perseverance. I know what you do is not easy. okay Okay. um (laughs) leading an organization as a ceo in some pretty patriarchal spaces you know Oh yeah Uh, sometimes
2: i go into places yes go ahead and they're looking for the ceo yes and i'm like and sometimes i just think it's cute you know and i go with it and i'm like yeah, when, they, when they coming, you know what I mean. Yeah. And then every now and then I'm like, it's small. <laughs> you know what I mean, but yeah, strong. But sometimes, you know, I'm anywhere between like some kind of sneakers that my nephew told me are some Ooh killums Ooh. and you know, red bottoms, like you know. So I'm somewhere between yes, those. Your red and, bottoms, you Go know, ahead, My girl. jeans are never loose, you know, <laughs> and you know that's not a thing. And, you know, I may have on a dresser top. I may have on some kind of, you know, like something more casual. And sometimes I wear a sweatshirt that says "Bay" on it, you know, like you just Uh never know what they're going to (laughs) get. And um, sometimes, you know, people have told me a lot of times to make adjustments. And I tell people, people have to adjust to who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. making adjustments. There's Mm -hmm. no one else out here like me. There's no one who does what I do. Um, I don't have a lane. I own the highway. And so I can create whatever I want to create. And That's anything right. that comes after that is its own, you know, lane and business. But as for me and my house, we're going to stay authentic to who we are. Um, And sometimes people will tell me, you know, you're going to lose this. You won't get this. You won't gain that. But listen, I serve a God who is faithful, Amen. who Amen. is willing, and who Amen. has kept me. And so I go into these spaces and, um, you know, they're not always they don't always imagine, number one, I'm the person. Of course. Um, and number two, mm-hmm. when they see me, I think they sometimes get ready to scam, you know, or like bully me out of something. But, you know, I've just learned that, you know, every time I show up, unfortunately, it's a new introduction. And people mm-hmm. say, work until you don't have to introduce yourself. I don't even know, unfortunately, if black women get to get to that place. Come on. You know, and don't forget, yeah, people will know you and pretend like they don't. Like, they were just yes. talking about you over there and then they're like, hello, I'm Julia. And it's like, Julia. Like,
1: Speak a word. Are we going to do
2: this again? A Speak a right. word. So, right. So I'm like, I'm going to walk into the room and they do. <laughs> and they do. So I just walk into the room and I always introduce myself. Like I remember being in the room with somebody I won't say her name and I said, oh, I'm Reverend Bree," and she busted out laughing and I was like, "Like I'm." I don't know what happened. She was like, you thought you needed to introduce yourself? And I said, every day of my life I'm going to introduce myself because mm. I just feel like Yeah. I'm not your, you know, typical most things. And so I'm going to keep introducing you Mm -hmm. to what it looks like to be a CEO. I'm going to keep introducing you to what it looks like to be a preacher and woman. I'm going to keep introducing you to, you know, what it looks like to be, Mm. you know, the black church's favorite nerd. You know, like you're going to keep seeing new prototypes. And if I keep (laughs) introducing myself, you know, then someone else will keep introducing them themselves so that, you know, we can look whatever
0: way we want to come,
2: whatever way we want to come. I don't drop my Southern accent. It comes out stronger in some moments than Uh others. But, you know, I
0: don't let any of me go. That's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, you know, it's it's evident that you you love God, you love yourself,
1: um, Amen.
0: and you love the Black Church. And it shows in your work and all of the um curriculum and programs, the programming that you have for the Black Church. And I'm cur- I'm curious about um just some of the 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 programs that you you've established during the Panini All right. Um, Mm -hmm. To help Mm to service the Black Church with regard to now you're you're doing some reentry, you know, on programming. I've been seeing that you uh, you Mm -hmm. did some programs programming which is still ongoing um, for. Uh, Churches that still need to maintain their online presence and how do they do that? Can you talk to us about those programs and how they're going? How are black churches doing with the transition to in-person worship? Are they? I know my black church, we're starting to transition a bit, but everybody's still a little leery. I am everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I will confess. I am everybody. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. talk to us just about some of the programming and how it's been received. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So um, everyone wanted me to jump on and take advantage of all that was out there when the pandemic started. And I kept saying no have not heard from God. I do not know what to yeah. create. I can create some gimmick things that'll put a lot of money in my account real quick, but I've never right. been good for quick money. You know, I've never Come been good on. for scams and gimmicks, you know. Mm. Um, and everybody's yeah. like, well, do this. And I'm like, no, didn't hear it from God, didn't hear it from God. And so mm. I, have, I had a mm. partnership with the Black Church Pack, and they wanted me to train churches so that they could show churches that they weren't just about um, policy and, you know, politics, politics. and yeah. know, civic mm-hmm. engagement, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I've been doing polling for them and research for them. And so we did this and they wanted to train them. And I was like, I don't know how to train them in a way that scales it enough. So I accidentally, I had thought about it before, but didn't know how to do it. So I had a need and then I had a contract and I merged them together. And I created blackchurchleader.com and um, because I had been doing webinars one-offs, um, you know, like every, and then I was like, I'm gonna do it every month. And then the same people are coming every month. And then, you know, like, I mean, you would add more, but people were like mm-hmm. committed to coming mm-hmm. every month. And so it's a subscription program that I created um, that allows you to get a webinar every month. And it, it's accompanied um, with the, by a PDF that allows you to like strategically work through what this means for your context. Um, and then the next level gives you the webinar, the PDF, group coaching so that you can actually have time with me yeah. um, to go through whatever you've learned in the webinar and go through whatever you've written on your PDF that you just can't make fit or, you know, you just don't know the answer to. And then you also get to hear from other, um, pastors and faith leaders around the country because they're in your group. And then um, the next one from that, you get all those other things. Plus, I create an automated worship service for you. So one time a month, you don't have to think through what it means to have an innovative worship service because I've created it for you and given you everything, scripting, prayer points, uh, social media directives, everything. Yeah, and then one level up from that, you get all those things plus a one-on-one where I do like a custom service that that I create for you. And I only did it because I realized people did not know how to thrive in the pandemic. I was looking mm-hmm. at this data, I had ways of sharing it. I knew I needed to create webinars. So we've done like digital discipleship, yes. virtual church, um programming and planning. We've done pastoral care in the pandemic, which has actually probably been my most like like not a, it is just fun to think of new ways to do pastoral care in the pandemic. And then now hybrid ministry models, because we do have to prepare people to to go back. I don't want people to rush back, but if they're going to go, I want them to be prepared. And then from that, we started doing assessments. So we have a risk assessment we're going to release to the public today um, to help people to just assess the risk of going back into the church and what that means and how to combat it or solve the problems when you have them. And then we're doing ministry assessments and church assessments. So we're changing over our website to have a whole e-course area, an assessment area, um, a data area. Just trying to provide as many resources as possible.
1: Wonderful. Why. when I listen to you talk, I mean, it, there. So I hear you through two lenses. One, I'm like, oh, she's an administrator. She makes stuff happen. Like even what you just laid out. I was, oh, like, this is this is a buffet of like. Let me show y'all what y'all need to do to get together. <laughs> so I was like, and I'll be you, Okay. But that but 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 I'm also hearing you through this other kind of subtext, which is like this is deeply missional. And oh, I think yeah. that there are people who can do things organizationally and you kind of see all the kind of the the Lego blocks that they're building. And but you don't necessarily know the testimony of their mission. So I wondered if you would share mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. what is what is Bree's mission. And then at the end of that, if you could just say, how, how are you gonna know that you've been successful? Because mm-hmm. you're doing all the things. Uh Um, But but how would you describe those Um, two things?
2: Yeah, so our mission is to definitely create data where it doesn't exist for the purposes of adding resources, funding, um, and just real stability. And then after stability... Um, the ability to succeed. Right. So there's, Mm -hmm, I tell mm them, stop trying to just survive and thrive. So I want to help communities, communities of faith, communities of black communities to thrive. And, you know, the fact that we lack data did not allow us to thrive. You know, we would come with anecdotal information to a bank. We would come with anecdotal information Mm -hmm. to, you know, a grant. Mm -hmm. And it's not our fault because everyone was giving data to white communities and white um, right, churches. Right. I mean, if you wanted millennial data, you could find it on white churches. You just couldn't find it on black churches. And mm, so we come and mm-hmm. they come with paperwork and numbers. And we like, so based on what I know from my community, and that doesn't matter when you're yeah. you know, asking mm-hmm. for money or you're trying mm-hmm. to lobby for resources in your community, even with your um, city officials and your elected officials. So Definitely to provide data that changes communities, whether it's faith communities, whatever. Um, and then I really need to see um, the Black Church thrive. I really, I really feel yes. called to do that. I feel mm-hmm. like now, when I was working in the Black Church, it was not for me to pastor. Um, it was for me to understand the loopholes, the um, the mistakes, the mm-hmm. like legitimate concerns to be able to create. And I want to create for uh, the rural church as much as I want to create for the Mecca church. And so everything okay. I do, I, I take a pause, you know, and say, oh, what does this mean for small churches? Oh, what does it mean for rural churches? You know, do they have a place in the work, you know, that I'm doing? And so I think that, you know, the, I've always said that the core of the black church is great. Um, but we don't always know how to execute. So I just think i provide the hands to the black church to be able to do the things mm-hmm. that the heart of the black church desires to see for our yeah. congregations and our communities. Yes. Mm-hmm. And i think i don't know i've done well when mm-hmm. If i'm honest i'm never going to hit that place. That's just not in my personality mm-hmm. and my makeup to believe oh mm-hmm. you got it. Um I, I don't know that i can do that but i think when i'm seen as You know, I still have times when people say, why do you do the black church? Like they told me to make it churchleader.com so that, you know, even if white people subscribe, even if they don't want to hear it, once they find out I'm black, you have their money. I don't need their money. Like I don't, I don't need to operate like that where, you know, as long as I get you one time, you know, I want to be the safe place. I want to be the training ground. I want to be the data dungeon for the black church. I want them to be able to continuously trust the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and believe that every time I make a decision, I make it for the sake of my community
0: amen amen woo I love that I love that yeah. I
1: love and it's, that. No sh- it's no shame it's no shame and specificity I think people need, <laughs> I think people need to be clear about who they're talking to yeah <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. I res- I respect yeah, they do like this, who I'm talking to yeah, I really yeah. respect. That. Yeah, it's good to yeah.
2: name names. So that's it. why it's dot People People like, why are you black millennial cafe? Why are you not studying um what about well, you're not <laughs> studying millennials? I'm like, Well, I am black and millennial. Like that never <laughs> out a style. <laughs> <Can> you, <laughs> and, and I have an actual I actually have a company name and Black Millennial Cafe is actually my DBA. Um and mm-hmm. so it's not even yes. permanent. But I wanted to have the opportunity to um
0: mm-hmm. make it
2: clear. Who you were working with and the mission of my work. And then we've grown from
0: there. So important. So important. Well, you know, Dr. Parker, I mean, honestly, I could sit here and talk to you all day long, sister. (laughs) 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 And you know, actually, the census data is coming out. Today, you ain't the only nerd at this table, you know. that. Listen, you know, we have a table full of nerds. So, <laughs> we a table full of nerds. Table yeah, full yeah, of nerds.
2: Yeah. So you know, I got can- to send y'all a shirt. I have a shirt. I don't Please. sell it because it doesn't matter. To, like It doesn't really fit with everybody. But it says the black church's favorite nerd. Yeah, um, so you're such a nerd, Brianna. Like, but you're a different kind of nerd. And I'm like, I'm like your favorite one. You know,
1: you're a, you're a nerd with those red bottom shoes. You go ahead.
2: Come
1: on. <laughs> okay, that's a, my that's mother told
2: me. Up. Listen, my mother told me she said you got to figure out your identity. I said I think I'm gonna take a little bit of it all. Okay, because goodness gracious, goodness gracious, take it all mama. Take it off one time. Listen, I was in the mm-hmm. airport walking with red bottoms because I have one pair, only one, that's like really comfortable and my tennis shoes hurt. And I actually walked in the airport and... I oh, know, wow.
0: Well, I, I, I I'm here for all of it. I, you deserve, <laughs> Black women deserve, period. So whatever. Do Listen, what, you, do what you need to do, okay? <laughs> to thrive, okay? As you're helping the <laughs> Blacks right. thrive, do what you need to do to thrive. Um, and Amen. speaking of thriving, it's time for our forced fun segment. Forced fun. Force okay. fun. We really need a theme song. I say this every time, and we don't have a theme song for this segment, so that's what it is.
1: Make up one like Oprah, like uh, when you start singing Run on, Run On. <laughs> she sure did sing
0: her own theme song. <laughs> I
1: mean, Michelle might be able to give us a song. We'll see. We'll ask. True. You know how will ask. We will ask. Michelle, we
0: will ask. <laughs> okay, so forced fun. Forced fun. First question. One gotta go. Are you okay. ready? Okay. She say ready. Look at she. She did, her, she did her fly brows at me like she ready. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay. One gotta go. Anita, Aretha, Shaka, Whitney. One gotta Anita. go.
2: Anita. Oh, Anita. Oh, Anna. 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 So quick. I thought it about hurts. Shaka, but Shaka just added so much, though. Like Shaka gave us a different kind of funk. So we need that diversity. So, all right, I'm not saying I can find another Anita, but I am saying maybe I can find another Anita. Go
0: ahead. i find another Anita.
2: Now, we need her for what she created, but I am we saying a- I don't know that it's a sound we can't reproduce.
0: Oh, Anita. <laughs> I know. I don't think I has know. anybody got <laughs> uh, uh, um uh, um said by the Anita at the table. I don't know. But look, y'all, don't this stream might be Don't stream Auntie Anita's um records y'all She's trying <laughs> to get i know All she said masters. don't so don't stream them. i know
2: i did acknowledge that when she said that and i was. I went through and i was like i was like went to my library like, deleting it off
1: i support she, black women but you Ooh. must see her live in concert if there's ever an opportunity
2: now i do want to do that now who, who do people usually say
1: shocker goes frequently. a lot
2: we had I one week. I knew she would go a lot. Yeah. but Shaka gives us funk we didn't have before Shaka. She does. She, I mean, she was. We need the funk.
0: We need the funk. Oh, we yeah, need the funk. We need the
1: funk. Yeah, oftentimes it's
0: Shaka. Honestly, it's <laughs> often. <laughs> shock, oftentimes it's <laughs> oh. <just> Shaka. <shocker. laughs> I can imagine.
1: So, so here's my fourth fun question for you. Okay. You know the, the people who who listen, they know that Michelle and I are are Marvel superhero fans. We don't play no games about In that. Blank. So, so Marvel. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. right. But you, but you will understand the concept. If you had to have one superpower that you don't currently have, what would that power be, (laughs) be? and why? Um, Mine would be.
2: Oh, this is bad though. I don't know if it would be mind reading or mind control oh i knew you was gonna say that (laughs) really because you want to (laughs) know i do i do i do and the only way the only reason i don't know if it's mind reading or mind control is because data kind of feels a little bit like mind reading like if i ask one question i ask it three different ways to make sure you're honest about what you're saying right but that's mind control See, I don't know if it's my place because God don't even, you know, I say in mind <laughs> control, but I think I need it.
1: Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all right. That's all right. And that's okay. You And you, mm-hmm. you don't you're not gonna ask whether or not you're going to be a hero or a villain. You're going to use that in the way you need to use it.
2: Right. Mm, yes, yes, right. yes. Right. Mm-hmm, I will. Right, I'll right. I'll get the job done. Right. I'll go to Good
0: work. Job. Go! <laughs> come on! Come on! <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> All right, one more, one more for a second question. Okay, um, is wait—is it one more? Yes, it's one more. Okay, if we we're gonna get in your car with mm-hmm. our masks on, or maybe not, because we are flies and princesses. I mean, it's it's, it's however <laughs> we feel, <it's> however <laughs> we feel in that moment. We get in your car. And you mm-hmm. turn on your car, what what song are we going to hear playing come out your radio?
2: Now, it depends because yesterday was one song, two days before, it was a different song. Right now, okay. if you get in that, it's going to say, I put it all in his hands. Come on. Yeah, so that's what you get. You get all in his hands. I put it all in his hands. That's what you're going to get right now. It's been yep. that for the last two days and I yeah, I know it. it's been kinda random, but I, I just can't I let it random. go. Like I'll be in there like But Again. um <laughs> But Repeat. two days Repeat. ago it was um um big bands busting not the Bendy band taker up a- it was <laughs> so, so. I, I go from one extreme to the yeah, other. That's <laughs> What's, What's the time? What's The balance. Yeah, <laughs> the balance? like I couldn't let it go. I kept listening to it over and over again. But yeah, that was it. Two days ago, yes. but today, yesterday, you know, and day before, it was all in yes. his hands. So I had my baby oh, with me. He's twenty five, and he was oh. all this, all in his hands with me.
0: I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, We are here for it all. Dr. Paca. Well, we are so glad you took a seat at the table with us. This is your time to talk to our sisters at the table and let them know what you got going on, how they can follow you. Plug, plug, plug sister. This is your time.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, You can find me what Facebook, Brianna K Parker, everywhere else. R E V underscore B R I. What do I have going on? Too mm-hmm. much. Um, but, but I am trying <laughs> to find my, I'm trying to find my little niche as far as like right. my personal page versus my business one. Um, so you know, yeah, mm-hmm. follow me. I don't know what I have going I on other than church stuff in like regular life, woman stuff. I don't know that I have anything exciting going on, but I do have an amazing card game you should check out. It's called Growing Up Black in Church, and, and I think oh. any church girls will
0: totally love it. Yes, wonderful. Yes. And they can purchase that where? At your website or?
2: Yes, I run B as in Black, M as in Millennial, C as in Cafe.com.
0: Yes, wonderful, like wonderful. That. that sounds like fun. Actually, we need to get that for the next Truth Table Retreat. Ooh, I was like, that's <laughs> the whole episode actually.
1: It's so
2: fun. <laughs> actually, I'm yeah. actually getting together a girls night uh, to play the game virtually. So y'all have to come on with me. Let me write. Please.
1: Write
0: Please yeah, bring truth to table. We would love yeah. to do it. we love to do it. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Parker, you have um your book coming out, right? I still believe in the Black Church. Yeah. That's coming out. Is yeah. that coming out this year? Uh, or?
2: Yeah, it is. It's
0: coming out. Oh. It's coming out in... Um, yeah. <laughs> it out in... Honestly, I September. actually understand that. I understand.
2: Yeah. It's so. supposed to come out in September. I have merch, too, like um, <laughs> Black Plus Millennial Equals Cultural Icon and the shirt I have on today, black and youngish. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, but yeah, I took youngish cause I can't claim it anymore. Um, but yeah, so I have a book. I still believe in the black church. It's going to be my first book, um, response to the data yeah. that we collected. And so it'll be the first of many in that kind of series. And then I have a book Wonderful. right now, um, what Google can't give, uh-huh. um, uh-huh. the relevancy of the black church in the tech age.
0: Wonderful. wonderful. Well, you better use these titles. Come on. Book writer, <laughs> CEO. Hello. Come on. Slayer of the data. Dr. K. Parker. <laughs> we are so honest, the We're so slayer of the data. Add that, add that new title. Okay. Okay. Uh, and cite black add women. Cite, cite me. But say it. It was, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Thank you so much For sitting at the table With us Dr. Parker And of course We want My to pleasure. thank our, Thank you for having me Oh yes uh, Anytime Anytime We're going to have to have you back uh, And of course We want to thank our sisters For taking a seat At the table with us So uh, Give us You know Tweet us your thoughts DM us Email us Your thoughts About our Black Girl Magic guest Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker Y'all know what to do uh, We will see you soon On the next Truth Table We want to thank you for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about this episode using the hashtag truce Table. Black women, did y'all know that we have our own Black Women's Discipleship Group on Facebook? Make sure to follow Truth Table on Facebook and join our Facebook group today. Invite your homegirls too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truce Table or email us your thoughts at info. At TruesTable.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. TruesTable has a Patreon account now, so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com/slash TruesTable, or you can bless us at our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash TruesTable. TruesTable is made possible by Podistery Studios. Visit Podistery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York have been your hosts, Akemeni, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.